HR leaders, what's on your mind these days? Is it AI? Is it the economy? The talent market? Remote work? Retention? DEI? Pay transparency? New laws? Our 2024 Workplace Trends Report outlines how HR leaders are thinking about these challenges and what they believe will help their organizations overcome them. Want to find out what they said? Head on over to peoplemanagingpeople.com forward slash workplace trends 2024 and download the report to find out. I am sure we have all heard the simple phrase, relationships matter. But what normally doesn't follow is that relationships are not always easy and straightforward. We build teams, companies, organizations of diverse people, and guess what? We're not all the same. We don't think the same. We don't act the same, believe the same things. So in today's podcast, we'll be talking about a cool and simple tool, when used, will help you with the relationships that matter most. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Tim Reitzma, the resident host of People Managing People. Welcome to the podcast. We're people managing people and we want to lead and manage better. We're owners, founders, entrepreneurs, we're middle managers, we're team leaders. We're managing people and yes, we do human resources, but we're not HR, at least not in the traditional sense. We're on a mission to help people lead and manage their teams and organizations more effectively. So if you want to lead and manage better, if you want to become a better organizational leader and more effective people manager, then join us. Keep listening to the podcast to find the tips, tricks, and tools you need to recruit, retain, manage, and lead your people and organization more effectively. And while listening to the show, please subscribe and join our mailing list on peoplemanagingpeople.com to stay up to date with all that's going on. I've had the pleasure of interviewing today's guests in past episodes on conflict and WTF, who to fault. Today, we're going to bring you the concept of a relationship map to help guide you as you lead, coach, mentor, and build relationships with others. Matt and Tanya are the co-founders and business partners of HTI Institute, an organization focused on revolutionizing your relationships. Successful leadership, fulfillment, purpose, passion, and your life's overall quality is impacted by your ability to navigate your relationships, and HTI Institute is here to help. So just before we hit record today, uh, we were just talking about uh, a a pre-question, but I want to ask you this question, Matt and Tanya. So whoever wants to to take this one, did you ever think you were going to be in business together? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty blunt, straightforward answer. So, you know, in the context of, of relationships and in this case, you know, creating a business together, your answer is no, but uh, what changed? Like, tell me about that. Tell me about the evolution of HDI Institute and, and when you first met, and then how it grew into what it is today. Sure. So um, Matt and I first met at a co-active leadership course. It was a 10-month-long course with about four different retreats that were in person over the 10 months. And I had gone to the leadership program. I I had had a successful career and had had my own company, and I'd kind of gotten tired of always being the one doing it on my own. And even though I had been working with consultants on an ongoing basis and hiring people, it wasn't the same as having a partner. And so I had been looking to move into something in partnership with someone. And I was hoping that at the leadership um, training and the program that I would meet somebody of a like mind. So that's why I went there. And I think Matt had a slightly different angle as to why he wanted to attend. 
Yeah, my my approach was to continue to stretch my leadership development as that was the business I had found my coaching practice lean into. And I wasn't looking for a partnership. I was not looking for a second business to grow and build. I was just looking to strengthen myself. Hmm. So Tanya, you went with the idea of, hey, maybe I could find a business partner. And Matt, you went um, to really strengthen your, you know, what you were doing. And so how did, how did you guys come together to say, hey, let's start a business <laughs> together? So I met Matt the first morning um, of the first retreat, and he had introduced himself to me by email beforehand just to see if we could connect and and go in together. And it didn't work out. But I remember the first morning that I met him before we met as a group, we were sitting outside and he's drinking coffee and he's like asking me what I do because we're both from the same geographical region because there was people from all over the world who were coming. And uh, then he started quizzing me about my, my business, you know, <laughs> who were my clients and where did I get my revenue from and what percentage? And I was kind of thinking to myself, what a jerk. We're here for leadership. <laughs> and he's like trying to figure out where I'm making my money and how much like I'm making and how successful I am. So I definitely wasn't too impressed at first. Um, what about you, Matt? Yeah, it's funny the impact you have when it's not intentional. I was definitely comparing myself to the other 24 people in the group. And Tanya was in my sights <laughs> to see, uh, okay, where do I rank up in comparison to? And so it was, although the intention was not the, what happened and Tanya's reaction, you know, he's a jerk. That wasn't my intention. I obviously came across that way as I asked for her resume and actually didn't really care who she was as a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even think he'd asked my no. name at that point. Or if it was, it was kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. And what's your company? <laughs> yeah. And if she said, what's my name, I wouldn't have remembered. So that's how we started, Tim. Wow. Okay. So, you know, fast forward, how long? Uh, how, how long have uh, you guys known each other? Um, so it's been about, uh, what are we? We're January. It's been about a year and a half. And um, just coming back to the story, what I wanted to point out about the story, though, was that you know, even though those were my first impressions, and I don't think Matt, I think Matt similarly had some negative impressions of me when he first met me, you know, over the course of the week, I also saw a different side to Matt. And I saw other things that really got me interested, right? There was an openness and a willingness to try new things and a willingness to shift. And so in a way, that's kind of what started to bring us together on my side is it's there was a more complete picture than just that first judgment mm. or the first assumptions that I saw. Mm. So you didn't go with uh, the age old saying of uh, first impressions leave a lasting impression. So, you know, it's uh, here you are a year and a half into it. And now you're business partners. Mm -hmm. And now you, you, yeah. you could tell a fun story about uh, about the first uh, the first meeting. Yeah, the the other thing I'd love to add is, you know, ta what struck me about Tanya was there was an intensity, uh, an intelligence, and also uh, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in, a real commitment to her values. And it was a stretch for me. It wasn't comfortable. I found it uh, conflictual and intense. 
And then I, I went inside myself and I said, oh, I'm attracted to that if I'm to stretch myself as a people pleaser, as a softener of the space. I'm going to spend some time over there with with this lady Tanya. She has a lot to teach me, and and that was the that was the attraction. And I'm so glad that we both hmm. decided to move forward. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it wasn't a straightforward, you know. Oh, okay, we're gonna we we like or we've noticed these things about each other. We can teach each other things, and we can grow together. It really was a work in progress of having to work through mm-hmm. different aspects of our of our blocks and our personality and grow in different ways. So for Matt, there was a lot of um, even just having the conversation of how we might move into business. There was a lot of conflict around that. And we had to work Mm -hmm. through those conversations together. Right. And I had to work, you know, through letting some things with Matt that were very uncomfortable for me, right. Of him wanting to keep things separate or to try and control things in certain ways and work with that as well. Wow. So it's a, it's a great lead in to just kind of where my, my thought was going is, you know, some relationships are easy. They come natural and some are really difficult. And so, you know, this is a great example of, you know, it started off, you know, first impressions may not have been that, uh, that rosy, that great, but mm-hmm. you, there was something there and you stuck with it and have now built this business. So when should someone uh, who's pursuing a relationship or business relationship, or maybe they've hired someone and need to have that, that, that working relationship, should they just give up if it's too hard? Yeah, I'll give you my perspective. And I believe it's unique to each relationship and each situation. Tanya and I share a common purpose, a we have different values and yet we have enough overlap and passion for contributing to relationships. We believe that relationships are one of the most important things that you'll have in your life and that help determine your quality of life. And I just want to say being in a relationship and being in business with Tanya is really easy at times and exceptionally hard at times. And I believe Tony, mm-hmm. you'd say the same thing with me. There's moments where it's yeah. like, wow, this is this is incredible. We're on cloud nine, and then you know, a phone call or a text or a, a disagreement about something, and all of a sudden, uh, it's it's raining, <laughs> <laughs> and cloud nine has burst into mm-hmm. a thunderstorm. And so, to answer your question, Tim, from my perspective, uh, if you have a common purpose, and we call it a relationship stake, if you have a common purpose and a common direction. Lean in, lean into the easy, lean into the hard, mm-hmm. and and keep going with that common purpose in mind. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. Yeah, yeah. I also think that you know, even when there's not necessarily a common purpose, sometimes mm-hmm. it's the conversations. It's not. It's not a great idea to just give up because it's hard because you never know what you're going to uncover or what magic can unfold. And just as, um, as you asked the question, and then as Matt was talking, I was thinking of this movie, I had seen um, a documentary, and I can't remember the man's name. But it's this black guy who has gone around talking in the deep south to all these Ku Klux Klan members, right? And he's made friends with them. And he single handedly has over the years from being in relationship with them, 
converted many to actually giving up their mm. their membership in the Ku Klux Klan. And he actually has been given by ex-members a ton of, of when they gave it up, they've given him the, you know, the outfits, right? Mm. And he talks about it. It's really that what he says is it's through the relationship and through talking that he was able to change their minds and find that commonality to for them to be able to see where maybe the values that they have in common mm. are stronger than the ones that they don't. Inter- I, I like that. Thank you for, for kind of painting that picture of, of yeah, some relationships seem like they should never exist and they shouldn't go anywhere. Yet when we put our minds to it and we maybe even put some of our differences aside is what are we trying to achieve? What are we trying to do? What's the purpose? Where are we going? And really mm-hmm. unpacking more of, of, kind of the heart and soul of, of an individual or a group um, versus keeping it mm-hmm. surface as, Hey, <laughs> you know, how's the weather today? I think we all have those type of friends as we talk about the weather and what we're doing on the weekends, but it never goes deeper than that. And so, you know, I, I love what, uh, what HTI Institute stands for. And you, you talk about um, revolutionizing relationships that's, I think, one of the purpose, one of the goals um, of HDI Institute. So, so tell me about that. What does that mean? Tanya, do you want to go ahead or do you want me to? Sure. Um, I could start. I think for myself, from my perspective, revolutionizing relationships, it's really about getting to the deeper aspects and not just keeping it on the surface. So it's having the conversations that, you know, a lot of people call uncomfortable or difficult, Right. And it's, is it really a difficult conversation or is it just something that maybe we don't know how to approach or we don't have the tools or we're afraid or, or projecting an impact that it may have, right? And in, in the relationships that we hope to help foster and help people create for themselves is really the ability to have those conversations that may seem initially difficult or uncomfortable because that's where we can get to a deeper level and find a deeper understanding and connection with one another. Hmm. Thanks, Matt. What uh, what do you have to add to that? Uh, for me, when I think of the word revolutionizing, uh, there's the the kind of scary revolution, like a political revolution. There's also <laughs> I make up that it's also about revolving and movement. And what I've learned in being in in relationship and des- with Tanya and designing this. Yeah, I mean, like a relationship where you're you're constantly having deeper and deeper conversations is going to shift and and over time and get mm. to a deeper level. And and the movement the movement piece is it's going to grow and become something different. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me, Tim? Yeah. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we... Sorry. So so good example of the concept of a movement. Uh, revelizing revelizing relationships to me is about just constantly being in motion. And if there's a disagreement, let's get curious together and keep moving through it. And so I believe this concept of being in relationship is about, is about movement and, and about knowing where you are at any given time, whether it's good, bad, or any adjective you give to it. Let's, let's navigate through it together. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it just, as you were talking, reminded me of a story of, um, of my career at a tech company where, 
the company was going through massive, massive change. And uh, we were having some concerns in one of our remote offices in, in Asia about, uh, we were afraid everyone was going to leave mm. the office, like quit and, and move on somewhere else. And so I was elected to go to this remote office. And uh, when I asked why, it was because I had a deep relationship with most people in the office, even though I didn't manage most of them, even though um, uh, it was outside of my skill set or my core uh, work function. Um, but it was about the relationship. And to me, it was always about building strong relationships within an organization and without with, with your customers, but also internally. And it's moving past the surface and it's getting deep. It's getting deeper into, um, yeah, the core of, of a person and an individual. So, so with that, I, I know on your website, htiinstitute.com, you have developed uh, a tool called the relationship map. And uh, I know there's no video for this, so we will definitely be posting out a link to the map and where to find it. But I'd love for you to talk to me about what is a relationship map and just kind of high level. What is it? Um, how to use it? Why should we use it? And, um, and kind of go from there. Sure. That's a great question. Um, I think like to start with what we always talk about is the language that we use our hearts together and hearts apart. And we kind of describe it that in any relationship, sometimes our, we're moving closer together and we're more in alignment and sometimes we're farther away. And in a map, it's really important to know, like in a relationship, it's really important to know where we are at any given moment. Are we closer? Are we farther? Are we moving farther? Are we moving towards each other? And the map helps us identify that. Hmm. Yeah. The other, the other thing is, if you think of a map, if you go to a, if people go to malls still, I know they're buying on Amazon. <laughs> if people go to malls, uh, you would say, where, first of all, where am I? You know, you're in a mall. So you know you're mm -hmm. in a relationship, whether it's with your spouse, uh, with someone that supports you at work, your team, your customer, supplier, your neighbor. And the, what the map does is it, it helps you say, where am I now? So you walk into the entrance of the mall. It's like, you are here. So what our map does, it enables you to plot, to Tanya's point, um, is my heart currently in alignment with Tanya's or are we actually having a disagreement or a difference of opinion? We have different perspectives and our hearts may be floating apart. So we just it, mm. it helps us start with just where are we now? Where are you now? It helps locate you. So it's a it's a locator tool. So if if I'm a, a founder of a small business, I've got uh, a couple people on my team and we're always seem to be bumping heads, bumping into each other, just not not getting along or co coordinated or, you know, there's things, just things moving a lot faster than what we could keep up. Mm -hmm. how, how could we use this map to visualize, okay, this is where we are and this is where we need to go? Right. So that's a great question. So that's the other piece is once we figured out where we are, just like a map starts to give us different alternative routes, right? And we can look at it to figure out how can we get to where we want to go. There's inside of the map, there's different areas that we can look at or different tools that we can use to get our hearts back into alignment or to find ourselves where we have a place of commonality. And so we look at different aspects to it. One is responsibility. 
One is the idea of what are our values and where can we find commonality around that? Having a relationship stake that we can work with and also using the sticky tool that we talked about before, which was the self-regulation piece. Hmm. Yeah. And and, sorry, Tim, back to your point about bumping heads as well to support what Tanya said, you would, you would establish that we're bumping heads. You can locate and and in the HDI terminology that would most likely be hearts apart and we're bumping heads together. And to reference Tanya's point around sticky, there's this concept of, and you'll see on the map, there's this awareness field. And there's an awareness Mm -hmm. that, oh, we're bumping heads. And now Mm -hmm. we get to stop together and think what's available to us. You know, we can understand why we're understanding each other's perspective. And we get to have a really healthy conversation about the fact that we're bumping heads. We're not, we don't make people right in our model. We don't make people wrong in our model. We, it's an invitation to have a conversation to navigate together towards a new destination. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because it, it really ties in uh, our previous conversations of who defaults. You know, that's kind of our default method of conflict is who whose head is on the chopping block? Who, who can I yell at today? And then it leads into our conversation, uh, Tanya, about conflict. And mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about a, a situation in my life that's going on right now and how I am completely avoiding the conflict. And I went back to our conversation and I felt really guilty right. about it. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, okay, wow, I need to, I need to dig into this and, and figure out why I'm avoiding this conflict or, or, or sending off an email that, that I know is not going to, going to resonate very well with the other party. <laughs> so maybe I should uh, send them, send this person a relationship map as well and, and say, hey, how can we work? Yeah, on it's it? funny you say guilty, Tim. Sorry, Tanya. I, it's funny you say guilty. To me, mm-hmm. guilty is an empty calorie that we consume. consume. It, we can, <laughs> and we consume it with that. our thoughts. I feel guilty. <laughs> yes. And absolutely. I'm sure this is going to sound like self-promotion. Absolutely. Download the map and say, hey, look, this is where I feel I'm at. Let's have a conversation. You know, Tanya has done a really good job ar- articulating an article around the, at the corner of our map are these four cornerstones. And just to speak about one of them, because I'm sure we mm-hmm. don't have time for all of them. One of them is to be curious. And so you can get curious yourself, Tim, about the guilt. You can also throw it out there to that person and 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 just get curious about what happened and how do we think it happened. and. What's, what's going on for him? And so we've got these four cornerstones that really when, when you feel guilt and you are consuming that empty calorie for the mind, you can go somewhere, get a resource. And one of them that I found extremely powerful is, is to be curious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, to add on to that, it also comes back to the one of the foundational elements that we have in the map is mm-hmm. responsibility, taking mm-hmm. full responsibility. And so if we're taking full responsibility, part of it is being curious about where, if we're avoiding a conflict, what part in it do we play, right? Where can we improve? So where can we take responsibility for our own behavior or our own, perhaps we haven't stepped up in a way or we've contributed to the conflict and we're not managing or taking responsibility for our impact, right? Tanya, what I, and then, what I love about what you just said, yeah. I know that's a total interruption. What I love about what you just said yeah. <laughs> is... There's no blame. If you're taking full responsibility, Tim, Mm -hmm. you know, I just interrupted Tanya. 
the, a blame statement would be, Tanya, it's my turn. <laughs> a, a full responsibility statement is, I know I just interrupted you. And so, mm-hmm. so this concept of taking full responsibility means in a relationship, and I can think of relationships in my life where I still blame. My first, my first reaction is to blame. And when I reference the map, I'll say, oh, I need to take full responsibility for how I'm feeling and my reaction and how do I now create from a place of full responsibility. And I tell you, it, it, I use it with Tanya a lot. I'm sure she wants to blame me for things. And I know she takes a breath and says, okay, how do I articulate this in a way that, that she's taking full responsibility for how she feels without blaming me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it makes the world of difference in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it, yeah. a couple of things. Um, first off, I, I thank you for the the free coaching that, uh, that I get when I do podcasts with you both. <laughs> um, so selfishly, I, I love this. It's kind of unpacking things that I'm well, going through. But, we learn a lot. But I think, thank you. I think it's uh it's, it's common. It's common in business. It's common in, in partnerships and in co-founder relationships. It's common in, relationships when you're hiring new talent or bringing people on it's uh it's something that you know we're kind of going down into that we're just avoiding conversation down that path but if we do that if we it wrecks the relationship it it wrecks the ability to get curious one of the cornerstones on the mm-hmm. map it it really tears it apart it's mm-hmm. we're not open to new possibilities we don't understand what the truth is because Absolutely. now we're making up our own truth and i love the saying of there's always three sides to every story it's your side my mm-hmm. side and then the truth and <laughs> and then you know we start playing into that in relationships and and then it becomes very toxic it can become toxic so you know yeah i'm curious where, if you have an example aside from, okay, using it within your own organization, if you're able to speak to an example of how you've used this with a, with an organization, you know, don't say names, but, uh, and, and what was the outcome of that? I'll, I'll, I can, I can share one, Tanya, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Yep. We're, we're having one right now inside HTI. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and that is around balance of time. So we have a book coming out, and mm-hmm. Tanya has some superpowers both on creating content as well as editing and formatting. She's she's written a book before, and so right now the scales feel imbalanced, and so we are actually using this this map to have just a really healthy conversation. There are moments of charge, and yet we we utilize the tools in this one to move our way through and it's not resolved yet. And we, I'm so confident as a former conflict avoider, <laughs> I, I just feel so <laughs> calm through the current tension around workload and fairness. And I know without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt that we'll both communicate our heart truth. We'll both take full responsibility for where we are and, and we'll get through it at some point. Wow. Yeah. And full responsibility is, you know, coming back to the blame thing, it's, it's identifying the problem. And then it's saying, well, what can I personally do to fix this? And whether I I helped cause it or not Mm -hmm. is irrelevant. And what can I do in partnership with, with the other people involved to help them participate in the solution, mm-hmm. right? So it's very solutions oriented as opposed to backwards 
looking? A, a lot of what we do to to give you a, a company example outside of our own is we are really a relationship-based leadership company. So we, we are developing leaders in our leadership academies. So we have a company not in our province, east of us, where there's a lot of sales manager, salespeople relationships. And you can relate to this, Tim, I'm, I'm sure, around hitting targets in some of your previous roles. And when there's a missed target, generally what can happen without this type of tool is people will blame their salespeople mm-hmm. for missing the target. And then the salespeople blames leadership for that the targets are too high or they blame the environment or they blame, they blame something. And I'll tell you what blame is a wasted energy. It is toxic and it doesn't resolve anything. It doesn't get you any further ahead. Once if, even if you do land blame on someone, we call it the start line. That's the start line now to do something about it. Mm-hmm. We'll put all our resources on. Okay. We now, we now know where the fault was. Let's move forward. And what Tanya and I believe in is before we, why waste energy searching for blame? If, if someone or something can just take full responsibility, which is essentially we've missed our target. We always use the language we, like we have missed our target. Mm-hmm. Me, the sales manager, and you, the salesperson, we have not met our expectations. Now let's understand how we got to the stage and how we want to move forward and do something differently. What can you do? What can I do? And what can we do? Yeah. And it comes back to the other cornerstone that we haven't mentioned, which is commit to what is. Mm -hmm. And so when we say commit to what is, we're not saying commit to like, oh, this is just the way it is. It is what it is. There's (laughs) nothing I can do. It's not that, right? It's commit to what is, is this is the situation we're in right now. This is where we're starting from. Not what we wish it were. So, you know, I wish we had made the sales target. I wish he was a better salesperson. I wish that they hadn't been sick and had, you know, worked harder or worked on the weekend. That's not the start line. The start line is we miss the sales targets. What are we going to do mm-hmm. now? Hmm. Yeah. And, and so I I love this. I love this uh, this way of thinking, right? Changing our narrative, changing the way we think and the way we the words come out of our mouth. So if this is new to us, if we're always struggling with, okay, who to blame? Who am I going to, who, who am I going to blame for something? I have very surface relationships with, with my team, with the people around me, maybe even my co-founders. What, what's the first step we should take? How do we, how do we kick this off? How do we sit down and say, okay, we need to work on our, our relationship where most people I talk to in business and, and I, really don't like this. So I hope I don't offend anybody is the saying, quote unquote, we're too busy. I'm too busy to focus on this. Right. And so, you know, without this foundation, um, we're always going to be just too busy. So how, how do we, how do we start? Where do we start? Yeah, there's, I'll take a first stab at it. There's, there's many ways to start. In fact, I would argue there's infinite ways to start. And that won't necessarily help your your abundance of listeners here, Tim. So one way to start is is to communicate the truth. Mm-hmm. And what I would say about the concept, and I used to use this, I don't have time. And Tanya's going to laugh because time comes up regularly around uh, around me. And so that is not the truth, Tim. I don't have time is not the truth. 
The truth statement is I did not prioritize this task or this area of responsibility with the time that I'm allotted. Mm-hmm. And so I'm speaking about speaking the truth, speaking your truth. I did not prioritize the time is more of a truthful statement. And that's one avenue to open up a conversation. And now it's just, okay, wow, that is true. Matt didn't prioritize something. Wow, what did you prioritize? And we can we can use the tools that, that we've created here to just go and have an incredible discovery conversation. To Tanya's point, the start line's now, truth is the start line. <laughs> and let's see where it goes. So there's a lot of efficiency that gets created and a lot of energy focused on a better outcome when you start with the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree that having an open and heartfelt conversation. And what I would also say is that that whole thing in business where people are like, oh, I don't have time to focus on the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, what's the cost of not focusing on the relationship? And, you know, I think of it sometimes as simply as I ask people to think about when they're in a supermarket, almost everybody's been kind of at a cash register in line with someone or pushing a shopping cart. And somebody comes up behind and starts to push them forward, right? And our natural inclination is to kind of resist and get tense. But if we turn around and we see that the person is our husband, our wife, our kid, somebody that or a friend that we're in relationship with, we're much more willing to let them guide us. And so when it comes down to business, you know, I just had this conversation as I was leaving this my house um, today with my my 15-year-old son, you know, because he wants to go into business. And we were talking about how, sure, you can go and get, you know, into commerce and get all the technical skills. But the real thing is learning how to manage people. Mm-hmm. Because you can be the best project manager and the best organizer and the best person at, you know, manipulating facts and pieces. But if you can't get people to want to do what you need them to mm-hmm. do, you're totally screwed, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's the the piece is really to invest in your relationships up front because if you don't have time for that, you're gonna lose a lot of time down the road managing them or trying to 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 fix what's wrong. Yeah, I love that you went there. Um it, it brought up uh and just a number of stories and and thoughts about about that. Yeah, relationships matter. It doesn't matter that it's 2020 right now. Um, relationships still matter. They mattered 10 years yeah. ago, 20 <laughs> years ago, 30 years ago, and they will matter as we go into this this future that's unknown. We need to have yeah. relationships, but we also need to know how to navigate relationships. Mm-hmm. And you both have mentioned it a few times is trust. And the foundation of any relationship is is trust. And not trust that, hey, I trust that you're not going to stab me in the back. I mean, that's one thing, but trust that you're going to have my back. Mm-hmm. And trust that we, when things get tough, we're going to stand together. We're not going to look to blame or who to fault. We're going to navigate conflict constructively. And that all starts with trust. And Patrick Lencioni talks about this in his five dysfunctions of a team mm-hmm. where you, you can't have a team unless you have trust. You need to have that foundation. And I love how you've built on upon that maybe consciously or subconsciously is, okay, n- now we've got trust. How do we actually build relationships? And And I think if you're listening and you're maybe founder of a company, you don't have a dedicated HR team, or maybe you do, um, 
doesn't take a lot of time. It may take a lot of effort, but to build uh, relationships and to start having those、mm-hmm. relationships, because when you do, things are going to flow. Things are going to move more naturally, and、uh, you're going to be able to move past that blame conversation that takes. Sometimes takes weeks. I've been involved in those where it's like,、yeah. okay, a mistake happened. How do we move forward from this? Yeah, it's back to the efficiency piece.、Mm-hmm. And whether you're a startup and you're the sole practitioner in this business, you have a vision, and you you want to go somewhere. And in order to do commerce and in order to to earn money, you need to have a relationship、mm-hmm. with it with a with a customer with a with an investor. With someone, and if you're a large multinational corporation, if you're a government,、um, it is a series of relationships, both internally with the, with the customers at home with your families, as you spend a lot of time at work, most likely, and as you just navigate to and from those two core areas of our lives. And so, yeah, absolutely, being able to be in relationships in good times and bad. Is is paramount for business.、Mm-hmm. It's it's how we inspire people. That's why we really speak a lot about relationship based leadership.、Mm-hmm. You, I don't believe Tim and Tanya. I don't I love your opinion. I don't know if you can lead anyone anywhere as we're moving forward towards our our goals. If trust gets eroded, people will stop following. They'll stop being. They'll stop moving with you. What are your thoughts on on that concept? I agree totally. I mean, I would even say that relationships right now matter more than anything. When we look、mm-hmm. at you know what's going on in the world between you know the technological, how we're we're it's life is becoming very transactional. There isn't a lot of face to face interaction anymore. People are losing the ability to communicate with one another. The media is all over the place, and there's a distrust in even the information that's being disseminated. It's almost that. Trust and relationships are becoming a more and more valuable commodity because they are so rare, and people are losing the ability to have them and develop them. So the more that people can work on it, the stronger they'll be.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's about really, yeah. What does trust mean in today's world, and what does relationships mean in today's world? You、mm-hmm. know, there's. It's great to say, "Hey, we're focused on building relationships in our business and with our customers."、Um, but if you've been burned in a relationship once or twice or、yeah. three times, it may be harder to to win that back. So, if if you're building a business or building a brand or building a team, why not start off on the right foot and、mm-hmm. stand for what you what you believe? If something is going awry in the business or somebody's saying things that don't work with what、uh, what you're trying to do, then Even right on the map, you're using the right words. It says "stop, think, choose, and implement," and it's、uh, mm-hmm. it's really that concept of, "Hey, let's stop for a minute. Let's think about what's going on. And then we have a choice, and now we need to implement that choice." And、mm-hmm. so I I love that that visual and just even that language.、Um, I'm a process guy. I love process, so that really、mm-hmm. speaks to me. Of okay, I, I need to stop for a minute. So yeah, if somebody has been burned by relationships in, let's say, business for the context of the podcast. What what would your advice be for for those people? A couple things. There's always right now to understand where did you yourself cause the burn. So if you, if someone's been burned in a relationship, their eyes might be laser focused on the other person that caused the burn. Potentially a, a support person, a leader, a boss, whatever language you want to put to it. 
And I would say one direction is to turn your eyes inward to yourself, right into your soul and say, where did I take, where, where am I responsible for that relationship going that way? And one way I know I've been burned before and I know where it was my fault, Tim and Tanya, it's when I didn't speak up, when I didn't have the courage to speak up and tell the truth and say, that's not okay. Hmm. And so to me, the, the trust was broken down, not by the other person treating me poorly, but by me not having the courage to trust myself that I could stand up and speak and say, hey, stop, that's not okay. And so there's a real natural tendency to blame someone else. And I would say one direction is to go inward. And in my experience in corporations, and I know I contributed to it too, there's a lack of truth out of fear of employment, out of fear of Mm -hmm. repercussions. And I, I wish I had met Tanya years ago and we could have created this years ago because uh, it would help me be way more successful in some of my early days in my career to be able to voice my truth without it being the absolute truth. You know, mm-hmm. share my perspective is what I'm trying to say, Tim, and then sit and stay and innovate from there. So whether you're a startup, whether you're a large business, we're constantly striving uh, to innovate, to to thrive, and it must come from speaking the truth. So. I know that's a lot of words. That's that would be my direction. Go inward first and take responsibility mm-hmm. and speak your truth. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to what can I learn from mm-hmm. that situation? What can I learn about myself? What can I learn about what I can tolerate? What I can't tolerate? What what can I learn about where I'm willing mm-hmm. to go? Because all of that typically plays into when we've been burned. It takes. It's always comes back to that saying: "It takes two to tango." Mm-hmm. Right. And I would fully agree with Matt that the more we can get comfortable having heartfelt conversations where we hold to our truth without blaming someone else, right? We can we can hold a diametrically opposed truth and share it with someone without being confrontational. Mm-hmm. And the better that we can get at that, the better our relationships will be. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to agree. I love that, Tanya. We don't have to agree, Tim. So, mm-hmm. so Tanya can think red and I can think blue. And we can have an extremely heated, curious, totally. you know, debate. <laughs> and we can end. We can end with, okay, you believe red, I believe. Okay, that was incredible conversation that enriched where we were going. And um, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it happens all the time. I mean, there was once, you know, my husband was listening to us work. We were on a Zoom call, and I had my headset on, and I got off the the call and my husband's like oh it sounds like you guys aren't on the same page at all and I was like huh what no we're totally fine we were just like hashing it out (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's uh when you've got trust and you're building a relationship conflict isn't seen as conflict anymore it's seen as we need to you know we have a disagreement we have now a workflow to work through it and at the end of the day we're gonna say hey we'll talk to you tomorrow there's not holding against each other there's massive alignment we we, yeah. we we get into these, traditionally the word is conflict. I call it now creation. We are creating yeah. a better outcome because Tanya's taking a stand, I'm taking a stand, and then we, we, we it's not win-win. We're not merging thoughts. A, a better outcome always comes from a conflict. It's mm-hmm. growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It is. It's it's how we grow, mm. and it's but it's also how we approach it, right? And mm. I think that's where, uh, again, the previous couple podcasts with both of you, uh, I, I think our listeners, if you haven't listened, you need to listen to those because it's really convicted me in a way of how do I handle conflict? How do I take mm-hmm. responsibility for actions and words, and and not dwell on it, but reflect on it and figure out how to move, move forward with it mm-hmm. in personal mm-hmm. and in business. And so, so I love that. And, um, you know, as you know, we, we could probably go on for a couple hours on, on this topic and I love it. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, but as we kind of wind it down, I just love to hear any final thoughts, uh, about relationships and, and how this, this simple tool yet, um, very, very great tool and profound tool has, has impacted you more than it, more than it has. So, so any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. I'd say the quality of my life is I, I can rate the quality of my life based on the quality of relationships I have. The relationship I have with myself, the relationship I have with you, Tim, Tanya, the relationship I have with you, the relationship I have with my wife, my teenagers, my extended family, the quality, and there's different levels in all of that, is directly impacted by by how mm-hmm. I navigate those relationships. And I would my final thought is I used to personal story, I used to avoid conflict, thinking it would smooth things over and everything would be just fine. Well boy did I mess up a bunch of relationships because of, of being a conflict avoider. And so now, even if I don't know how to solve something, I'll say, I'll say, Hey, I've, I've got an issue and I don't know where to go. And it's incredible how the resources show up to solve problems. So last final thought is if you're stuck in a relationship or you're in a thriving relationship and you want to take it even further, you don't need to know what's next. You just need to articulate where you are right now. And thanks for having, mm-hmm. having me, Tim. I love collaborating with you. Mm, thank you. Tanya? Yeah. And I would add to that and say, I agree with everything that you say. Not always. And I think it's really important. <laughs> no, not always, but right now I'm agreeing okay. <laughs> with everything you said. Um, that it's really important to get out of the idea that any conflict has to have mm-hmm. a winner and a loser. And when when we can get out of that and also decide to take responsibility for the decisions that we make. So it's, it removes us from the place of victimhood, right? And it empowers us to decide where we're going to go with our relationships. And even if that's a place of, okay, I'm willingly going to engage in the conflict and it may have a fallout instead of feeling like, Oh, I was burned from that. It's, it empowers us because it's kind of like saying, well, actually I chose that. And I decided that it was more important to me to have the conversation, even if it means having a fallout or something doesn't end the way I'm hoping it to. Right. Then to just say, Oh, well, I shouldn't have had that conversation because look, it's just more proof that Mm -hmm. it leads to a problem or it can make things worse. And I think that that difference from going from victimhood to empowerment is also helpful in ultimately empowering us to make all of our relationships greater. Hmm. Thank you so much. So much, uh, so much rich insight in even just your final statements. Uh, I really appreciate your time and your insights and, 
and what you have to offer our, our community. And uh, don't worry, listeners, we will have a link to the website, hdiinstitute.com, as well as the relationship map in, uh, in the show notes on our website. So with that, just thanks so much, uh, Tanya and Matt, for, for taking the time today and providing so much value on this conversation on relationships. You know, I value both of you and, and uh, the insights and the wisdom you have to offer. And so, you know, one thing I, I said in the podcast and I'll say it again is I've, I've got uh, a lot of work to do in, in my relationships. And, and so I appreciate, appreciate the coaching that, that you've uh, provided me. So, you know, to our listeners, thanks for tuning in and we're here for you because of you. And we'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. So please reach out. Um, also, please check out our website at uh, peoplemanagingpeople.com and make sure to sign up. We've got a lot of great content coming your way. So with that, uh, we'll wrap up. Have a great day, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.